don't you stand to your feet? Nehemiah chapter 6, reading of the word. Nehemiah chapter 6, reading of the scriptures. Let's hit it. If you get there, say amen. Amen, amen, amen. The book of Nehemiah. Um, it says, now when Sembalat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set up the doors of the gates, Sambalat and Geshem sent to me saying, come, let us meet together at Hekatherim in the plain of Anno. But they intended to do me harm. And I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Say come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? And they sent four times in this way, and I answered them in the same manner. In the same way, Sambalat for the fifth time sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. In it was written, it is reported among the nations, and Geshem also says it, that you and the Jews intended to rebel that is why you are building the wall. According to these reports, you wish to become their king. And you have also set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah, and now the king will hear of these reports. So now, come and let us take counsel together. Then I sent to him, saying, no such things as you have been, have, have been done, uh, for you are inventing them out of your own mind. For they all wanted to frighten us, thinking their hands will drop from the work, and it will not be done. But now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. Say, strengthen my hands. Strengthen my hands. Now, verse 10, now when I went into the house of Shemaiah, the son of Dalia, and of Makkah, uh, Tebel, who was confined to his home, he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you. They are coming to kill you by night. But I said, should a man such as I run away? And what man such as I could go into the temple and live? I will not go in. And I understood and saw that God had not sent him. But he had pronounced a prophecy against me, uh, uh, because Tobiah and Sembalat had hired him. For, those, for this purpose he has hired that I should be afraid and act in this way and sin. And so they could give me a bad report, uh, a bad name in, the, in order to taunt me. Remember Tobiah and Sembalat, oh my God, according to these things that they did. And also the prophetess uh, Nadiah and the rest of the prophets who want to make me afraid. If I could, if I could take this, a name for this text I'd like to talk about today, rebuilding with clarity of purpose. Rebuilding with clarity of purpose. You may be seated. Um, this is an interesting series that we're going through. We're talking about rebuild to build and how the people of God of all times were called to represent the reign of God where they were sent uh, where they were sent to honor his name and to lift him up. And we saw, based on Matthew chapter 5, that Jesus pronounced that uh, the main city is not the structure itself, but there's a city 
uh, within the city. Uh, but every now and then, while you're doing the will of God and while you're pursuing the will of God, you, you're going to deal with the need to focus. Somebody say focus. One more time, say focus. Focus is a very, very important part of your development as a believer because if you're not able to focus, there's a lot that's not going to get done. Many of us aren't multitaskers. Many of us are not able to focus because we are all over the doggone place. And so what's good about God, though, is he has rigged us and strengthened us with the ability to focus. About way of introduction, I'm an I'm a MMA fan, big time. Forgive me of my sin. But I love MMA fighting. I love, I love seeing that, right? And so there's this big old cat named Brock Lesnar, a big old husky cat, a monstrosity of a dude. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he got traps like a king cobra. I mean, money is big than a mug, right? I mean, you see him on the other side of the ring, you're like, man, this is about to be a rap for me, right? Um, but what's interesting about this is when Brock Lesnar, as big as he is and as tough as he is and as a, an intimidating person as he is, he, he can't really take a hit. Uh, um, the reason why he can't take a hit is because when he gets swung at, he, he gets to flinching. And because he, he's not used to getting hit, he, he's, he's not used to anything coming at him because he wasn't taught how to focus in a fight. I wish I had some help right there. And because he wasn't able to be taught to be focused in a fight, he flinches up and he gets knocked out on a consistent basis to the point where he has retired. So one guy said, I know why he's not able to focus in the ring, because nobody's teaching him how to take a hit. Nobody's preparing him in, in, to, to, for a battle. And, and so what the, he said, what I would do if I was his trainer is I would back him up against the wall. And I would back him up where he had nowhere to go, and we would just swing punches at him. You know what I'm saying? Just swing punches at him. And at first he would be blinking at first, but then he would get the rhythm of the punches. And he'd get the rhythm of where things were coming from, not because he got more skill than he had before, but because he learned how to focus. See, many of you in your life are unfocused because you have haven't been trained in the school of Jesus Christ. The school of hard knocks of being able to be focused on God's mission in the midst of adversity. And so Nehemiah right here is in a booming situation. He's in a great situation. He has a great opportunity, but the issue is, and the important thing about it is, is without focus, he will be taken off task. So I got one point and four sub points that we're going to walk through in order to help us to know that rebuilding has to happen with clarity of purpose. So point number one, and my only point with three sub points, number one, uh, 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 if you're going to rebuild with clarity of pur purpose, you, you must remain focused no matter what. You, you must remain focused no matter what. It's right here in the text that we're in. He says, he said, I heard that, and when they heard that I had built the wall and there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set the doors in the gate. So it's interesting that now that they're, they're almost at the completion of the building of the wall, all of the walls and the breaches have been filled, and now guess what's happening? There's one little opening on several parts of the gate, and as they're almost finished, the enemy has to turn up the heat. I wish I had some help. See, what happens is, is when you, the closer and closer you get to where God wants you to be. And the closer and closer you get to completing, again, it's not focused on you, but focused on him, on what he's completing in your life, the enemy wants to turn up the heat on you. See, because he doesn't want what God wants to do in the life of his people, not individually, but collectively to come to pass. So, so what he wants to do is he said, there's, there's one more space in their life that I can get into. 
So what I want to do is I want to come into that little crack and crevice to get in if they'll let me. But what I like about this passage is Nehemiah knew very well that there was a breach left, and he prepared to make sure that he wasn't distracted or losing focus to get what God wanted them to get done. It's, he, he, he said, he said Sembalat and Gershom sent to me saying, come on down, family. Let us meet together in the plain of Anno. Now, this is interesting because <clears throat> this is not the first time in history or the last time in history where people tried to get the people of God off of focus. As a matter of fact, Jesus dealt with this a whole bunch of times because in this passage, it's interesting. They're no longer just trying to attack the work of God. They're trying to attack the leadership that God has set up in order to keep the work going. I'm by myself right now. And so, and so what they wanted to do is if, if they took out Nehemiah, they put a hit out on Nehemiah, they had a street contract out on money's life. And what they were trying to do is they were trying to get at him, but when, as they tried to get at him, they were trying to take it down because they knew the work would stop. But Jesus dealt with this same thing because Jesus had a hit put out on his life. And in, and in Matthew chapter 26 verse 4 it says, and they plotted together in order to, to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. Because they, they believed that if they killed Jesus, the mission of God through Jesus would be killed. And so you got to recognize that many times that there will be different opportunities for these things to happen in the lives of people. But he said, I want to meet them in the plain of Arno. And I'll come back to that in a second because there's some beautiful geographical analogies in here that's going to help us understand. Which brings us to our first subpoint. Y'all still tracking with me? First subpoint: know the value, know the value of what God has you doing. You got to know the value of what God has you doing. Uh, um, he, say, he says, but they intended to do me harm. He says, I sent messengers back to them cats, though. That's my translation. He says, and I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. I like that. See, see, if, see, Nehemiah was able to remain focused because he knew the value of what God had called him to do. Uh, are y'all quiet on that part? See, see, listen, if, if, if you don't know the value of what God has called you to do, you're going to be easily distracted. That's why you have to be clear on what God has called you to do. How do you know what God has called you to do? I'm glad you asked. To not do it feels like sin. When I, when, I, when I sense the call to ministry, full-time vocational ministry, uh, um, um, I, 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 I began to understand what Paul says, uh, accursed is me if I do not preach the gospel. I, when, when I tried to walk away from preaching the gospel, I felt this arrest from the ghost of God, the Holy Spirit. And in my spirit, I just felt like I, if I keep going away from where God is calling me to go, I, I feel an arrest of soul. But when I move towards it, I don't know why. I don't like that I'm going that direction, but peace flooded my soul. So in other words, the only way to be focused is to know and value what God has called you to do. That means God is not going to get on the, your page. You got to get on his page. Because many of us value our personal mission. And because of that, that's why nothing's working out. Because God says, I don't join people, people join me. And so Nehemiah said, I'm not going to come down. I'm not going to even fool with y'all, cats, because we're doing a great work. That means you have to develop the affections for the will of God that allows for you to not only know what the will of God is, but value it when he shows it to you. See, but if you don't value it when he shows it to you, that means you're all focused and God has to get you back on focus. But then it's so funny right here because later on he says, he says in the next section, he says, they says, come on, they said, come down, right? 
In verse 3, he says, and I sent messengers to them saying, I cannot, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. I like that. Now, this is interesting because Anno is northwest of Jerusalem. So if it's northwest, that means it's geographically above where he is. But it's interesting that he didn't say, I'm not coming up to Anno. He says, I'm not going to come down. That's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Because, because no, no, what I know that Nehemiah has in mind, there's a narrative prose, even in the book of Jonah, where it says, and Jonah went down the Joppa, and then he went down to the bottom of the ship. The further and further Jonah got away from the word of God, the further and further he got away from the will of God, the further and further he got away from the hand of God, uh, what looked like a promotion was a demotion. See, a physical promotion in man's eyes can be a spiritual demotion in God's eyes. That's why you can't be about your shine. That's why it can't be about you. That's why it can't be about your exaltation. Why? Because when you're focused on what God wants you to do, anything that's not his will to do, even though it's physically shiny, is a step down. You, you, you got to be able to understand that. I know he got a six-pack. I know she looking real nice like that. But the question is, is that a come up or a come down? I know you're going to get more money. I know you're going to get more a personal opportunity. But the question is, what does God get out of your exaltation? See, if God doesn't get anything out of your exaltation, it's not exaltation. It's humiliation. So you got to begin to say in your area of your life, I'm not going to come down in this area of my life. I'm not going to come down in this area of my life. I know it looks good, but I'm not going to come down. God's called me here, so I can't come down. I know it looks good. I know it looks attractive. I know it looks beautiful, but I know what he's called me to do. I know what he's focused me on. I know how he's directed me. I know what his word says. So I don't want to do anything outside of his will. That's nothing but a come down. Somebody say come down. Yeah, yeah, you got to walk with the king and you got to focus your eyes on the author and finisher of your faith, laying aside every weight and encumbrance that so easily entangles you. What's funny about encumbrances in that passage is encumbrances are not necessarily sins. They're not even sins necessarily. They're just things that weigh you down. And my matter of fact, the, the Christian life is many times pointed to as a marathon. You, you can't see, see in a marathon, why you see them have on them little short shorts, you know what I'm saying? Little tank top and some light sneakers and everything because they don't want nothing in the way and they get their pace. Pa, 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 pa. But what if Cat got on a full-fledged sweatsuit, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? A sweatsuit with a thermal undershirt and some long johns on and some butter Tims trying to run the race. You know, and one of them, one of them, um, one of them raccoon hats from back in the day, remember that, Mac? From the raccoon jumps, right? And you running away. How are you going to run the race with all that stuff on? See that's, see, that's coming down. Even though the outfit look good, it don't help you run the race with endurance. All I'm trying to tell you today is, is run the race with endurance. Stay focused on what God has called you to in relation to his will, not yours, no matter how much it hurts. Because when you're running the marathon of the Christian life, there's a point in the marathon where you hit the wall. But that's okay because you don't quit at that point. You got to break through the brick wall. It's an unseen brick wall at a point that you'll hit as you're walking with God. And you'll see the wall and you can't see the finish line. And you'll be like, this wall is big. This wall is huge. But all you got to do is take one more step. Oh, my God. And then you're on the other side of the wall. And then all of a sudden, there it is. Finish mark. Finish the race. Finish with God. Anything going backwards that looks like forward is coming down, not coming up. So God is calling us to have a split point accurate focus 
on what he's called us to be for him. Remember, this ain't man-centered. So when it becomes man-centered, it becomes you. But then next, next sub-point, expect people to come against your character unjustly. Y'all got real quiet. Expect. Somebody say expect. Look, look at this verse. It says, and they sent to me four times in this way. They were nagging money, right? It said, in the same way, Sambalad, for the fifth time, sent his servant to me with an open letter in hand. Now, this is interesting because an open letter is interesting. This, this, this is a crazy, I, there's some background research on an open letter, and it's, it's interesting what this is. See, see, back in the day, they would either roll the letter up if it's being sent by a messenger, and the messenger would almost guard the message with his life because it's only for one specific recipient. Or what they would do is they would fold it over, making it look like an envelope. They would heat the wax, drop the wax on it, put the signet of the sender on it, and let it dry up. They didn't have the lickability that we had today. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so it would be closed. But if someone sent an open letter, what they were trying to tell you is they don't respect your authority. They don't respect your calling, and they don't respect what you're doing and who you are, so that as he was going from Samaria to Jerusalem, he could share the email with everybody. Oh, it got real quiet in here. In other, in other words, what I'm telling to you, I want to slander to everybody between where I am and where you are, so that by the time the message gets to you, you're, you're, see, 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 that, see, let me tell you something. If you are not secure in Christ, the words of people will tear your butt up. See, that's why you got to, see, our insecurities will destroy us. See, I know, I know somebody put a link on you on Facebook and all your stuff. They ain't even inbox you. You know what I'm saying? So they ain't even tweet, Facebook, inbox you. They put that joint all the way down. That's a thread just about you. And you, and you ready to defend yourself. He said, that's all right. I'm going to fall back because the battle is not mine. It's the Lord's. And so Nehemiah wasn't letting wasn't letting people come. He wouldn't let the things that come against his character. Because you got to understand, when the enemy does something to the people of God, it's never about you. It's never about you. If, if, you, if, if at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're only focusing on you when, you, when, when something happens to you, guess what, guess what it is? You're me-centered. Everything in your life happens to take your negative, to take your attention off the living God. That's why you got to be focused. You can't rebuild and be a part of God's kingdom building process if you're going to walk in unbridled insecurity. But I like hearing the passage how money, as imperfect as he was and as messed up as he was, uh, continued to walk. But, but, but then the next, the next part, this is interesting. They, 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 say, they say it is reported that the Jews, the Jews intend to rebel, he says, that is why you are building the wall. According to these reports, <coughs> you wish to become their king. You have also set up prophets <laughs> concerning you, Jerusalem. When somebody wanted to be king, they would tell prophets to prophesy good things about them. I know that don't happen today. You know what I'm saying? Well, people have false prophets speak for them in front of people so that people can look real nice in their eyes so they'll exalt them. But, you know, that don't happen in our day and age. This is just a historical fallacy that happened 2,400 years ago. So we're not going to deal much with it, but I'll talk about it just a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know, he, he began creating an ideal to continue to come against him by saying people were saying things that he wasn't. But then he's, I like the way Nehemiah responds. He says, no such things as you say have been done. 
He said, for you are inventing them out of your own mind or imagination. You're a lying joker. You know that? Every now and then you need to tell somebody you're a liar. The Bible gives you freedom. You're lying like a mug. Amen. And they, they all wanted to frighten us. I like this. They wanted to frighten us thinking their hands will drop from the work. See what it's about? It wasn't even about Nehemiah. It was about God's kingdom being built. Isn't that incredible? The enemy would do whatever he can to get the people of God off mission of what God has called them to do. But then our next sub point, pray to the Lord to keep you focused. That's real simple. I feel embarrassed that I got to say that to us. But he said, he said, but oh God, strengthen my hands. I like that. The New Living Translation say, so I continue the work with even greater determination. I, I like that. How many of y'all like that? I like that. I, I like that when something, and what's interesting is they weren't really afraid because they said, he sounded like the old school folks say wolf tickets. That, you know what I'm saying? That means you, you, you ain't got no, you got blanks in your gun, but, but you're trying to act like something's going to happen. You know what I like about Nehemiah? He so didn't trust in his security of not being afraid that he prayed just in case. See, so every now and then you got to have a just in case prayer. You got you, you to gotta have a, just, a, a prayer that says, you know, you know what I'm saying? He said, I, I know everything's all right, but I don't want to stand in my own strength, God. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw up a prayer to heaven just in case. Uh, every now and then, you should just throw up a just in case prayer. I know everything looks okay and some stuff's coming at you and it's not really bothering you, but you got to throw up a just in case prayer because every now and then, there are things that you don't know that's behind what you don't think is happening that if you wouldn't have prayed, would have come towards you. But you got to pray. Somebody should say just in case. I know I'm getting a little traditional on y'all today, but I just feel good about God today. I just feel good about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that he answers me when I pray. That, 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 that every little thing that I say, grandmama used to say it. I know I'm getting traditional right now because we're in new school church. But grandmama used to say, just a little talk with Jesus. <laughs> we'll make everything all right. You know what I'm saying? Just, just, just a little whisper, something, something. You know what I'm saying? To the king of kings and lord of lords will shut down assignments on his mission on my life. Uh, I'm about to holler and jump out this window and jump back up. But God is good to me. God is good to me. God is good to me. You better learn how to pray. You, you don't have to have a long soliloquy. Nehemiah just said, strengthen my hands. That, that's, that's all he said. Oh, my God. Every now and then you said to God, God, I, I'm not weary right now, but God, will you strengthen my hands? It literally means, God, I want to remain focused. I don't want nothing to get in the way of what you called me to do. I want you to unshackle mess in my life. I want you to unshackle child. Anything unseen in my life that can get in the way of it, remove it out of the way so my hands can be strong. Not for me. Not for my stuff that I got to do. Not strong. I don't want to be strong in my own strength. I don't want to be strong in my own power. I don't lift enough weights to walk through this mess. I don't, I, don't, I don't take enough protein and enough energy and ginseng to walk through this. I don't have enough milkshakes and steaks and all of the things that you build up muscle with. I need strength. I need the protein from on high. Help me, God. I need the protein from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You got to walk in God's strength. You can't walk in your own strength. You can't walk by yourself. Through anything, oh my God, I feel my help coming. Forgive me for my tradition. I'm just feeling Jesus this morning. Ah, help me, God. But, 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 but last but not least, people will appear, appear to give you spiritual information to take you off focus. 
Ah, help me, God. He said, let us meet together in the house of God. One of the prophets, one of the prophets of God came through. Amen. And he came through and he said, Doc, I, I want you to meet me in the house of God, Doc. We're going to meet on in the house of God and them cats trying to kill you, Doc. <laughs> He's trying to get you. Just bear with me today. I feel good right now. And, 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 and he said, they're trying to kill you. But Nehemiah, I like what Nehemiah says because Nehemiah, it, it, it's beautiful. He said in verse 12, he says, and I understood and saw that God had not sent him. See, see, see. Now, now why did he understand that God hadn't sent him? Because he knew his Bible. Oh, my goodness. He knew his Bible. See, first off, Nehemiah possibly was a eunuch. So no one imperfect was able, bodily imperfect wasn't able to go in the temple. That's number one. Number two, he wasn't a priest. So he knew he wasn't supposed to go in there. But somebody was giving him some hyper-spiritual information that wasn't biblically rooted to take him off focus. Let me say that again. Somebody was giving him some hyper-spiritual information that was built to take him off focus. You need to know your Bible. You need to know your Bible. See, see, if you don't know your Bible, you'll be taking off. I don't care what else you read. Read the book. I, I'm going to stay there because y'all not listening to me. Read the book and get it in your system. You know, you know, I, okay, y'all not getting out no, here. Okay, Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 was taken out and led by the Spirit. I know we believe God wants us to prosper in all means. But the Bible said, you know, God led him in the wilderness to be, purpose clause, tempted by the devil. And he, and he said, turn this, turn this stone into bread. But Jesus would be like, dang, I'm hungry in the mug. Give me that joint. And then I joint, and then it was a nice hot basket of bread. But Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. Every, listen, if you don't have any Bible in you, people will say all kinds of stuff to you and use all kind of popular Christian lingo and using it without biblical roots. You know, that's not gospel-centered. That's not spirit-filled. That's not this. So-and-so didn't say that. He wrote a book on this. He didn't say that. Now, what does the book say, dog? What did the book say? The book! I wish somebody would grab a book called the Bible every now and then and get their mind right. The Bible says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I have hidden thy word into my heart that I might not sin against me. How does a young man keep his way pure? He keeps it according to your word. Will your word return void? No, it won't return void. I have received the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. Listen, you better get some word in you, young buck. Word. Nehemiah was that the Bible keeps you focused, man. Sometimes you read something, you be like, dang, I wish I didn't read that. Dang. Dang. I wanted to do something else. And he go to the Holy Spirit with his Bible. Always trying to help me or something. <laughs> listen. Listen, there's many things that I want to do that God is so good enough in the Bible to help my big old stupid dumb self not to do. Because sometimes I'm focused but not focused. So I need God through the scriptures to refocus me in a way that me can't focus me. Oh, we can't focus, we. Oh, my God. I'm going to sit down in a minute, and I'm going to get out your way. But, 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 but as he goes through, he understood that it wasn't for him. But what I, what I like about this passage and what I like most about it is that Nehemiah wasn't perfect. That's what I like about it. So I still have to look for somebody 
bigger than him that was more focused than anybody in the universe. There's only one per person on the entire planet that was the most focused of all time, and his name is Jesus Christ. Oh, oh y'all don't believe me. In Luke chapter 22, verse 40, it says, And when, they came, when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw away and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Some trying to, some trying to take him off focus. But he says, Nevertheless, I like that. Not my will, but yours be done. That's called getting aligned with God's will. Prayer is not the dictation of your will to God, but it's your alignment with it while you're praying to God. I wish I had some help right there. And so what I like about the Lord Jesus Christ is he was extremely focused. He even had some people that told him, you know, Peter took him aside and started rebuking him one day. Now, can you imagine Jesus getting rebuked? Like, come here, Jesus. Come here. Come out of the crowd for a second. Stand right here. Stand. Jesus, stand. I mean, what is this cross stuff? Going to the cross? I mean, curse. Don't you know the Bible, Jesus? Curses a man that hangs on a tree. You're not going. Man, we need you to wreck shop. We, like, need, we like need to jump the Romans. You know what I'm saying? Jump the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Shut them down. I, I'm waiting on my throne beside you, my nice outfit that you promised us, man. Remember when we was up on that mountain, on the top of that mountain? Everything was transformed. Your outfit got real white. God spoke through the cloud, and we, set up, we were talking about setting up tabernacles. Like, where is that vision, Jesus? And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. It's interesting that Jesus knew his mission well enough to know the origin of who was trying to take him off focus. Oh, but that's not going to get y'all. Jesus was so focused that he allowed himself to get arrested. He didn't try to stay in his buddy's basements to stay away from getting arrested. He put himself in a situation. All the brothers on the block know what I'm talking about. Y'all know nothing about that. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And, and what he did was he, he, he put, he turned himself in. And he wasn't wrong. They arrested him, got slapped by a hand that he made. That he was holding together by his power. He got slapped by his creation. Saying, do you speak to the high priest like that? Not knowing that the high priest was the one he really slapped. Oh, y'all gonna get that on the way home. But, 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 then, but then after that, they stripped him of his clothes, of clothes he made, put him, put him around a pole and, 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 and made a whip out of stuff that he made, bone and metal and stuff like, and leather, and, and they put it in his back. Now, I'm just telling you right now, soon as they'd have hit me one time with that cat of nine whips, I'd have been like Toby. I'd have been like Kunta Kente. They said, Toby. I said, Toby, Toby, Bobobi, Banana, Nana, Fofobi, Defeat. I'd have, you know what I'm saying? I'd have, but, but what's so good about Jesus Christ? No, y'all know nothing about that. What's, what's so good about Jesus Christ is every time they hit him, he remembered why he was there. Every time the cat of nine whips hit him and pull a piece of skin out, for me, he remembered my name. I wish I had some help right there. Every time, every time they swung at him and pulled skin out of his back and exposed his organs and exposed the bone on him, he didn't let go of him because the pain wasn't enough to take him off of his focus. And he was so messed up from it, he's bleeding to death. But they were so brutal in the way that they killed him, they put a cross on his back. And he was out of breath. He was out of focus. And he was, hurt. I mean, he was hurting, but he was still focused. I, I like the fact that Jesus Christ, even though he was bludgeoned, even though 
though he was bruised, remained focused. But all the way to Golgotha's hill, there was a red carpet going up there. And that red carpet was his blood leading the way for your sins and mine. But it didn't stop there. They laid the cross on the ground and laid him down. And they nailed the, they put the nail prints in one hand, he remained focused. They put the nail print in the other hand, he remained focused. They put one foot on top of the other, nailed him through there, he remained focused. They hung him up, he started suffocating, but he remained focused. Focused enough to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He remained focused all the way up on the cross, and he remained focused. He did not allow the attacks of the enemy to take him off focus because he knew the very thing that was hurting him was going to be for you on my behalf. But what I like about that is the cross isn't the end of the story because he was so focused that he knew that on the third day that he'd raise up from the grave. And that all power would be in his hands. And then the 40th day later, he ascended into heaven and he sitting at the right hand of God, the All-Father Almighty. Why? Because he was focused. But now he's sitting, interceding on our behalf, focusing on us doing God's mission. But he's waiting because he's still focused because God's going to tap him on his shoulder. God the Father. And he's going to tell him, it's time, son. And Jesus Christ is going to return with his tattoo and his linen. And he's going to get on his horse and he's going to come back. And the third heaven's going to open up. The second heaven's going to open up. The first heaven, our atmosphere, is going to open up. And then the kingdom of God and the host of heaven are going to, wham, come into time. And when they come into time, the focus is still on. Because now the very thing that he died for, that he put that cross on his back for, is coming to fruition. And John said, I see a new heaven and a new earth. And the tabernacle of God is among men. That's the focus. Your life and your struggles are more than your struggles. It's about God having everything reflect who he is eternally. So whatever's happening to you right now, whatever's happening to you right now, don't let it take you off focus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't, don't let it take you off focus because God is going to use it yeah. to his glory. Yeah. Even if he leaves you in it, yeah. he hasn't left you in it. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. Yeah. Even if he leaves you in it and doesn't take it away, he's not going to leave you in it because he said he'll never leave us or forsake us. And as painful as what you're going through may be, don't ever lose the fact that your life is a part of the bigger story of God's redemption of all creation. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that your life is more than yours. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify him. Glorify him when it's good. Glorify him when it's bad. But for God's sake, glorify him. I'm out of your way. I got to go. Father. Um, Lord God, I just pray today that um, you would give us strength, Lord, to remain focused no matter what. Um, Our lives do not belong to us. And sometimes that is a frustration, I got to admit, until I recognize that my life left to me is no life at all. But only life in you is real life. God, will you help us? Help those who are suffering, who are struggling and going through challenges and are questioning this life that you've placed us in. And not even just questioning that, just, Lord, what's good? God, will you 
Will you help every believer in this place under the sound of my voice? Will you give them focus on Jesus Christ? Help Jesus Christ to strengthen their motivation to focus. God, and if someone doesn't know you, God, I pray that um, you would call them to repent of their sin and turn to you by faith in Christ. Will you do that, God? Will you do that, Lord? God, never let us ever forget what we were put here to do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.